I chased a fast buck for 10 years with very little success, so there's, maybe there's a play on words there. And it was only when I went in the restaurant business that, uh, and wanted to give people value for the dollar that I started to do well. Those were the words of High Eisenstadt, the founder of High's Steakhouse. It's been an institution in this city, in Calgary where it started, and in many other locations across Canada. Well, High's has just reopened on Hornby after a summer of renovations, and Neil Eisenstadt is now at the helm, and we've asked him to uh, mark the, the 60th anniversary of High's. It seems amazing. It's an incredible legacy of your father. What was it like to, to just hear his words again? Well, I haven't seen a video clip of my father probably since he died in 1988 so it's uh it's quite touching actually to see it and uh see him uh in life again which i haven't seen for quite a while uh yeah he was a great man a larger than life type of character so what was it like for you then growing up in that restaurant industry oh pure hell but uh, <laughs> what do you mean uh no it was actually great uh, we got chased out of the kitchen quite often by the chefs with uh butcher knives and uh um, but it was a lovely environment to be around. You met lots of great characters and larger-than-life characters that my father always hang around with and hung around with the restaurant. So it was a, quite a lively time. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. They come to dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Bye. All right, so Doug and Moira have qualified for the Olympics. Um, we are in, says Anton, right? Terrible. She stepped into the spin, and I'm not sure, but it looked like she got caught in his lederhosen. You know what this means. We are in. We are in. On, on a technicality is implied. Yes, the, the lederhosen incident that we uh, left yep. off on. Yes. Moira and Doug that are feeling... Uh, they're in a celebratory mood here, guys. They want to go oh, out they ever. town, have some fun, cut loose. So we cut to Moira and Doug at a bar doing tequila shots. Do you want to do this? Whatever you have. Ben, walk us through this. I mean, Doug is 90s ready. He's in like a tweed jacket, which is <laughs> honestly like so not Doug. He's that's like, a oh, great, okay. that's a really great point. He's yeah. in a fucking jacket and tie. Yeah, he, he is just, dressed like a dad going to church. <laughs> Very right? much so. Kids, let's go. Church, Sunday, come on. Let's go! Come on! Put the frosted flakes in a bag! You can eat them in the pews! Let's go! God! Damn it! It is Sunday! 
the only day of the week we dedicate to our Lord Savior, Jesus on high, and you are ruining it. You might be dressed like a dad going to church, but he is about to embrace Satan in this scene because he immediately oh grabs the type of liquor that you know is nothing but trouble. He goes for tequila. And uh, Kate is there right by his side to go into a a total binge of of ecstasy through booze. And Doug, the scene opens with they're getting shots, glasses on the table. uh, Yeah, it's a beautiful smash cut right to the surface of a bar. Surface of a bar. And then the first thing we see is two glasses get put down. Two glasses. And Doug says, you sure you want to do this? And Kate, a naive fool, says, whatever you're having, which is something you should never say to a hockey player in general. <laughs> like, yes. That, this is not the person to go toe-to-toe with on booze. Um, yeah, so we, should yes. also, uh, we should also remind our listeners that uh, this is a Kate that has uh, never drank alcohol before. No. Um, as as uh, has been established in the New Year's Eve party, she says that she does not drink, has never drank. Uh, and just to double check this, I went back and reviewed the footage for the uh, 54th or 55th time of the brunch <laughs> scene, the infamous brunch scene. Sure. Um, and the high steakhouse. I, yes, at, high, at <laughs> the wonderful high steakhouse in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, we know it. We love it. Um, one day we will travel there uh, as a for a podcast business retreat. Um a, an official Swish FM pilgrimage, um, but yeah. So <laughs> we I, love it, our partners. Yeah. <laughs> we love we love highs. We're so we're so proud to be sponsored High by them. Quality food at a reasonable price. Highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, especially their their garlic bread, phenomenal. Yeah, but that um, that's the only time Kate has had a drink, and it was garlic, like a little sip of champagne. Toast. Garlic toast. She, I'm sorry. <laughs> garlic toast, gentlemen. We should remember that highs commercial. Welcome to highs, a Waikiki tradition since 1976. Steakhouse in Waikiki. But yeah, she's we, we've established from that scene that Kate doesn't really drink. She's mentioned that she's all uh, Olympic professionalism. She only cares about her sport, never lets loose. At most, she's had like a child's level sip of champagne. And yeah, so in the brunch scene, scene, she is she has poured a flute, but we don't really see her drink it at all. So like you know, you could presume maybe she has a sip or two during that brunch scene, but nothing nothing beyond that really. Yeah, um, but this is a I mean, she's different just story. Very, she's very eager. Yes, like that's the, the best way we can describe her here. She's very eager to please, very eager to make an impression on a man. Let's be honest, that she has a crush on. I think it's yeah. becoming clear that she has feelings for this guy. She wants to impress him, and she wants to like have this maybe be the night where something finally happens between the two of them. Yeah, there is like a a almost like a uh, premeditated deliberateness about Kate's actions. um, Yes, as if she's decided like, okay, I've never done this before, but this is the night that I'm going to do this. And it's very, um, this is the first freshman year. It's very yes, freshman year exactly. in college where it's like, yeah. I like this guy. I like this girl. Tonight's the night we're going to get blackout drunk and finally have that kiss. 
we're finally going to address that like sexual tension that's been happening between us. Yeah. It has that sort of eager energy, right? It's the first yeah. time she's ever had fun. And what is she having fun to? The song Baby Now I by the Dan Reed Network, which is uh, <laughs> yes. the last I Googled, the I Googled this too. Yeah, I <laughs> the needed Dan to know. Dan Reed Network. The Dan Reed Network, which I think we can all agree is the worst band name in the history of band names. <laughs> it is so excessively boring and impressive. <laughs> well, I mean, Dan Reed is already a, a pretty boring name, um, but Dan Reed was like, wait, no, 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 guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can add a word uh, that will make this. <laughs> Band name even more boring and my oh, so like what what do we think was the logic there that he was looking to create a network of bands that he was like <laughs> we'll start the idea is like we'll have this one rock band and then we'll have a whole network of Absolutely. other bands yeah like a Wu Tang can... situation he was yeah. maybe he was envisioning yeah. Um, yeah I'm not really sure I mean you know n- network can also just imply like. You know, sort of camaraderie, a collection, a collective, if you will. But yeah, network. Uh, when I hear that word, I just think of the nightly news, and right. could Absolutely. not be right. more and, and, you know, check put out, to sleep by that. It's a classic hair metal. Uh, the Dan Reed Network, uh, which recorded an album called Rainbow Child. Uh, if you look at their their cover album, classic '90s attire here: tight jeans. Of a lot of vests, puffy shirts, and very long flowing hair. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, th- this is what Kate is cutting loose to with some tequila. When I think of network, when I hear when I hear the word network, I immediately just think of LinkedIn. So to me, <laughs> I'm thinking of like Dan Reed. Dan Reed taking guy, your resume. Like oh, he has a Rolodex, <laughs> and he's like, "This is my network." Yo, yo, this is Dan Reed. And I'm Brian James. We are from the Dan Reed Network, and you are watching the Power Hour. We are coming up later on in this show, so stay hot <laughs> and tuned. <laughs> um, Would you like to make a connection with Dan Reed? I had American band Dan Reed Network in the studio. They're doing amazingly well all over America at the moment and are over here and hopefully they'll do just as well. They're a fascinating band of mixed origin, mixed music, and they're really worth seeing. Well, in the States, it's been really different. I mean, we've opened up for the likes of Run DMC, we've opened up for UB40, we've opened up for Joe Satriani, and lots of different, like from rock to reggae to funk and all that stuff. And each audience is like a. Uh, welcome the band pretty much with open arms i don't think we've had too much trouble at all and uh when we play our own gigs in the states it's about you know a third black audience you know and whatever it's all mixed up you know people that like a lot of long-haired rockers you know in front right next to some some brothers with the buzz cuts you know and it's really interesting seeing our gigs in the states especially like in new york we really get a uh, melting pot of audience class class could i have your attention please thank you The song is Baby Now I. It's it's from the 1991 album The Heat. Interestingly enough, guys, I learned that Dan Reed is still making music today. Wow. Is he on LinkedIn? Because I kind of want to befriend him. I want to network with the Dan Reed Network. 
<laughs> Dan, the Dan Reed Network um, took about a 10-year hiatus, uh-huh. and uh, Dan Reed actually left the United States in 2003 over his objections to the politics of George W. Bush. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Oh, my uh, God. Is that true? <laughs> he's currently based in Prague and making music today. Oh, hell yeah, Dan network Reed. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, go. my he's, God. He's uh, definitely, so, definitely reach out, a make a connection. Yeah, and also if you yeah. go to the YouTube video for "Baby Now I" by the Dan Reed Network, literally almost every comment is "The Cutting Edge sent me here." <laughs> so, oh my god! I bet Dan Reed is a huge We're fan all, of the Cutting yeah. Edge residual checks that he's getting. I just, I just wonder if he's ever performed at High's Steakhouse. I don't know. I, I can only hope. Yeah. Our friends at High's. So um, the thing. So Doug in this scene is teaching he is just teaching kate the like the 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 best way to have the awful spins at the Mm -hmm. end of the night that Mm -hmm. he's licking salt off his salt covered wrist yeah we get the the classic tequila salt uh you know salt shot uh tequila squeeze or sorry, it's, lemon squeeze. Although yeah, lemon technically squeeze. it should be a, a a lime squeeze. Uh, so that's one little uh, goof, little movie goof in in the cutting that edge. That is an absolute. Should have been using uh, lime. Kind of a rookie mistake for a, a a fairly experienced, you know, inveterate alcoholic in in Doug. I'm not sure why uh, <laughs> how he could have uh, you know uh, goofed on that one. But yeah, hey, he's you a, know. totally proving himself to be the rebel by choosing lemon. You know, they yeah, gave exactly. him a lime and he's like, no. Back in, back in Mayhorn, they use lemons <laughs> <laughs> at the penalty and, box. They do things a little different. And now, your hosts, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. And the top of the hour to you from here in Times Square. Is that your That's, Irish accent? No, it's just, I don't know what it is. Oh top my God. of the hour. Here we are, me and Anderson and hundreds of thousands of people in it, the rain. In yes, Times it's Square. our hourly it's toast. Not making it any less Another fun. Toast. Cheers. Cheers Another if toast. you have at home. If you're Not if you're driving, but feel free to toast along with us. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Everybody ah, here seems to be ah, having a great time. He's ah, not a good drinker. Ah, it's like burning your lungs. It's burning ah, your lungs. Feels good to me. Uh, we have some great guests and musical acts uh, still to come tonight. Grammy. So winner. as the sequence went, I was like, how many shots has Kate done in the sequence? As far as yes. I can tell, she does two quick shots. of very. It looks like a double shot. It looks like a pretty sizable portion of tequila. Sorry, and let she, me stop you right there, Christian, because we're going to we're going to get through the shots one by one. Don't you worry. But first, I just want to highlight you kind of you kind of touched on it earlier but the first line of the scene kind of getting back to the idea of you know kate sort of like making the decision beforehand like okay this is the night you know that i'm gonna that i'm gonna do something that i'm gonna have a new experience and the very first line of the scene spoken by doug is you sure you want to do this which to me like as soon as i heard that i was like okay this that's doug obtaining consent from kate basically yeah like let's be let's be honest like he, so, like, whatever happens from here, like, he is not responsible. He is not, you know, liable. You know, right. he's, like, the movie establishes very clearly, like, this is not something that he forced on her. And he made sure that she was cool with everything, that she actually wanted to do this. 
So it's the I sort mean, of thing you say to a person with the intention of them feeling terrible later about oh, what yeah. happened. Yeah, she's going just like it's. To... I just want to make sure I have your permission to show you a terrible time. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Yep, nope, I promise. I know that this is going to be terrible for me." It's like, okay. Now I can throw caution to the wind. Like I can, you know, I can go as far as I want here because yeah. you told me that I, that I was. Alive. I don't have to feel guilty. I can right exactly. I can. You got to assume let he's go. got his uh, trusty puke helmet standing nearby to give the cake. He knows where this is. He knows where this night is heading, which is her puking in the helmet and then reaching for another clean helmet because it's that kind of no. scenario. And they yeah, they go yeah. to it. I, I mean. They yeah. really do. I mean, I counted it up across this whole sequence, uh, at least a minimum of five shots that we see. And yeah, like they, they do shots. two shots right off the bat, two in a row, bang, bang. Um, and I just have to also note, I know this is a, a, a uh, you know, uh, audio medium, but the, the face that Kate makes after that first shot that she does is so adorable. Like, it, it's just, again, a shout out to Moira Kelly. Like, her performance in this scene and in the movie as a whole is really like breathtaking because you know she's this diva this like rich bitch you know like spoiled brat like you know queen of sass and put downs but deep down she really is this like extremely innocent naive child and like this scene more than any other one kind of you know reveals that betrays that where like the face that she makes is the face of like like a like a fourteen year old the first time they take liquor, uh, you yes. know, take a shot of liquor. It's like this Wide like eyes of boing, yeah, like oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like She's it just you know shoots loose. straight to her head, and then after shot number two, it's like zero to sixty. She is shit faced within seconds, and yep. immediately she's going dance floor it's dancing we gotta time. dance we gotta dance and the, and the first go around doug is kind of like sure let's go do this yeah and we cut to them and they're classic he's got his tweed jacket on he's doing his little <laughs> shake there oh my god that, his he's, outfit honestly like i didn't even think about it because i was focusing on so many other things but it is insane like it, at a later point in the movie he they, makes a whole point of how he doesn't like the top button buttoned on his you know on his, uh figure skating you know outfit his costume mm-hmm. but in this scene he has the button all the way up all with way a tie like a like <laughs> literally it looks like he came from like a, a like a kiwanis meeting or something yeah it looks like he came from cpac like honestly let's be honest it looks like he just came straight out of cpac and he's like yeah. let's go have some tequila yeah. <laughs> is honored to present the Hector Barreto senior tributo award Senator to Senator Marco Rubio. Applause for That is the fanciest tequila bottle I've ever seen. I have a theory on that, and I'll I'll come back to it. Okay. I think later in this this episode, but yeah, I'm not. I, I definitely noted that. Um, a few things that just about this scene that I wanted to point out were it's designed. The scene is designed and lit in such a way with these like pink and blue lights mm-hmm. that it does really sort of feel like we're at a high end club in the in in the city in New York City in like the early '90s. At one point, there's a server that walks through the frame with a tray of blue drinks in these like beautiful martini glasses. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. There's this very sort of like, not seedy, clubby energy, but like there is something very underground about like what's where where we are. Mm-hmm. There's also this sort of bleary slow motion camera effect mm-hmm. that heightens that Moira is really out of her mind drunk. Yeah, this she's is off like her the face. slow motion effect. Yeah, it's the slow motion effect that we saw, I think, during some of the hockey sequences where Doug was, like, losing control of his facilities. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paul Michael Glazer, 1,000%, like, learned about this. Uh, some setting on the camera was like, oh, yes. man, have you seen this stutter effect? And people were like, yeah, it's cool. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, no, it's amazing. And then, like, went <laughs> to like, town Paul. with this. Yeah. This stutter effect happens whenever he could possibly use it. He's he like, how about now? And it's like, no, no, no. It's just Jack having a conversation. He's like, okay, okay. I won't use the stutter effect. Yeah. He uses it. He employs it in the hockey scenes, uh, a lot of the figure skating sequences, but he uses it in this moment to just highlight the pandemonium that is happening out yeah. on the dance floor, booze and dancing. And D- Doug is losing layers as this dance sequence goes on that he's sweating his tweed is coming off. So we're like the clothes are already slowly but surely coming off. And Kate's guard is dropping. We'll we'll talk about sort of the specifics of what happens during the scene. I know Ben, like we're not gonna glaze over any of that stuff. But nope. did you guys on a general sense, did you get the sense that Moira's Moira was like blackout drunk and Doug basically was like barely buzzed. Yeah, he was he was so cold sober the entire scene. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah, you yeah. did mention we're at a high end club, so likely he's going to the toilet for other <laughs> items to even out the tequila. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably I mean, likely. This man has got to have uppers and downers just crammed into his Absolutely. system to have you know a classic hockey player night. I also want to ask you guys if you are aware of a little fun fact behind the scenes trivia about this particular scene. Tell me if you noticed this while you were watching. Uh, Do you remember seeing uh, Kate's legs at any point during this dance sequence in the bar? Do not recall seeing her legs. I was looking for them. Didn't see them. That's because this entire uh, scene was filmed after Moira Kelly had broken her ankle on set. So she is, in fact, seated for every single one of these dancing shots. You're kidding me. Every wow. single shot is from the torso up, which also kind of adds to the, the crazy woozy effect of like, uh, you know, it's almost like shot from the dance floor itself. And that is because, according to Yahoo News, <laughs> and I quote, our trusted source for <laughs> Yahoo News, our number our one source. News partner. We <laughs> yep. love them and we promote them and they are our partner. Listen, it's one of the few <laughs> newsrooms that still exist in this country, so we should we should cherish them. We uh, trust as, them. As far as I know, actually, we I should eat at highs. That. We eat at High Steakhouse and we take our news from yep. Yahoo. Yeah. Yep. Um, so according to Yahoo News, former U.S. figure skating medalist Sharon Cars played the figure skating double for Moira and told this tidbit, quote, when Moira broke her foot, they pulled me in to do the drunken bar scene in case she couldn't do it. I was dressed up like her, but she actually did the dancing from the waist up by sitting on a moving steady cam. That's how we got through that one. So I mean, fucking true, true Moira Kelly got that dog in her. She is him. She fucking went through a full drunken dancing scene with a broken ankle. Yeah, and you gotta assume, you know, I 
I don't know. That's that's wild because I feel like th- that must have happened late in the film then because they probably shot this later because mm-hmm. I feel like I saw her legs elsewhere, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally no, that's true. Leg. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's, a, that's like, a credit to Paul around. Michael Glazer <laughs> for making do. And Movie totally magic. Plays. Yeah. I got a detail here for you guys. Uh, let me give you a, a time code. One... 0927. Okay. 0927. We're going. So you have Moira throwing back a shot. Yeah, this is right? a, this is shot number three that we see how at drunk, least on camera. How drunk is she, gentlemen? She's so drunk that she's crying. <laughs> wait, 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 no. Wait, no. She's splashed tequila on her face. Your theory is that those are tears? Hey, what's up, guys? From Butchie Loco. We're Tequila Brothers. Don't bite here. Don't keep minutes. Today we've got a very special bottle. It's called Tears of La Llorona. And Don Pancho is the expert in this tequila. So I don't know fun. if I'm an expert, but uh, this is a special bottle for me because uh, two, three years ago, I was at South Carolina. And randomly, I went with my wife to a bar called the Gin Joint. And this bar had a long list of rums, vodka, tequila. And of course, I had to go down the tequila list. And I was looking... I said, oh, this one looks interesting. There's so Llorona. I'm looking at it. I said, like, I'll probably get a shot of this. Then I saw the price, and it said it was 60 bucks for a shot. I said, ah, mm. I'd rather look for the bottom and buy it instead of paying 60 bucks. I'm not, I don't make that kind of money. So anyways, it took three years to find this bottle, and uh, I got super excited when actually it was by chance that my suegro, shout out to my suegro, who uh, hit me up and sent me the picture and said, is this what you've been looking for? And I'm, yep. So I called this dude and I said, you want to go in it or what? It's a $200 bottle right here of uh, Tears of Llorona Extrañejo. So he said, let's do it. I kind of like that theory that she's just openly. Because to be fair, <laughs> if think? you're drinking this much tequila, absolutely. <laughs> ben bursting oh into God. tears for no reason. <laughs> ben, look, 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 look. It is. It's streaming she, down. It's from her eye. It's, it's oh coming my God. down her eye before she's... It's had true. the shot go back. It's true that she's like probably sobbed openly. Wait, there's like literally one father, and that you know. <laughs> then she's like, "Whatever, we're just gonna dance." Like, and oh Doug my is god, like, what? He's like, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom and do some more lines of coke." <laughs> like, she's out there crying, and he comes back, and he's like, "You're crying? Let's just have more tequilas." Oh I mean, it's god. totally possible she's trying. She's crying from getting tequila splashed in her eye. Yeah, when it's burn. It's, it's possible that that it's she possible. literally just doused her own eyeballs with tequila but it's also <laughs> equally possible and plausible that she is crying crying teardrops on the dance floor i mean she is gone by 10932 there's this shot of her on the dance floor with her head just sort of like cocked back and yeah. it's like oh she's a goner like she's she's like totally left her body yeah she's she's literally point. at one point head banging and then we cut to her yeah. like literally just throwing a lime or a lemon peel just like away you know the bartender's like i gotta i gotta cut her off like she's yeah. making a scene at this well point. Like, i think Kate, i think doug starts to have that that f- feeling a little bit too at, at one point um, but wait, first, before that, I want to just point out one quick little, uh, since we were shouting out the, the Dan Reed network, uh, earlier <laughs> at, at around 109.25, um, cause of course I Googled the actual lyrics to this song and at around 109.25, we hear the lyric. Baby, 
baby now I, I would run along the sharpest blade. So very on brand. Uh, again, whoever, you know, came up with the soundtrack for this movie, they, they were pros. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. The question uh, is, is did he record this for the album? Or oh, shit. That is a good question. Baby did he now make this I, for? I feel hmm. like it's now I'm starting to think uh, based on that lyric that he wrote it. You got me running well, girl. I got something for you. You got me burning well, girl. You know it's true. Baby, now I. I don't know. He's talking about It's pretty diving. generic, but that one, <laughs> I would run along the sharpest blade. That one really, I was like, wait a second. That's not a very common, you know, it's sort true. of uh, rock and roll trope. Um, I love. <laughs> I yeah. would run along the sharpest blade. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a weird allusion to like a drug, but after shot number four, she makes this like, cartoonish looks absolutely ridiculous like ah face <laughs> at around 109 35 again i know i'm just shouting out all these visual things that don't mean anything to our listeners um well by now they've I really the love 28 times too i can only hope <laughs> you know yeah trying to get that's the one where she goes ah and then she looks back towards the dance floor and just does the the little head nod like at that point she doesn't even need words yep. she's you know she, she doug knows and exactly is- what she's doing this is where Doug and it's, starts rolling his eyes. He's like, Ugh. exactly. This is he's the point like, after shot number four. Doug is starting to realize like what he's done, and yeah. he's he's look he's looking at her now like a, like a disappointed father. He's like, and to be oh, fair, no, we like, all know this person too that like has never had a drink before or never done it, and then they go from zero to eighty, and you're like, you are doing way too much. You're making a scene. I wanted to show you a good time, but okay. I'm starting to hit my limits. And I feel like Doug is there. He's realizing that. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. This is not, uh, this isn't going to end well. We do a little more dancing. We, we see the, the, the lemon wedge toss. Um, yeah. And so the lemon wedge toss, we don't actually see her do a shot uh, after the lemon wedge toss, but that, you know, the movie implies there that that would be shot number five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, there's a quick shot of two rows of glasses uh, overturned, you know, on the bar. Because, of course, that's what you do when you're, you know, a cool uh, guy doing shots at the bar. You got to put them, put them, uh, you know, top down on the bar once you're done with them. Uh, and there is uh, 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 six uh, sets, basically six pairs of glasses, which would lead us to assume that that is six shots that each of them have done. Yes. Um, so six shots of tequila for someone who drinks pretty regularly is, but good, that's, you're going to get... You know, you're probably going to get a, a strong buzz, if not, you know, a a, a solid drunk from that. This Absolutely. is six shots for a petite woman uh, who has <laughs> skater who never drank before in her probably life. Probably doesn't eat a ton, probably on a very rigid diet. Yeah. Uh, has to be in tip-top shape for the Olympics and beyond. And she is just filled to the brim, <laughs> comically yeah. like half filled with tequila by this point. And yeah, they they kind of show a sequence where now she is just throwing herself at Doug. Yeah, like yeah, she's now in red and pink sh- light. She's and not a rock and roll dancing anymore. She's slow no. dancing. She's Everyone slow else dancing. on the dance floor is you know head banging and you know <laughs> fucking jamming out to to Dan Reed, but not yes. Kate. She's Doug gazing is- into her lover's eyes. Yeah, and Doug is concerned, and we smash cut from there. Right to the hotel room, and Kate, uh, this is where I want to throw a theory out there, that Kate is wearing 
an enormous mink coat that's like this super furry mink coat. Oh my and god, yeah. I'm gonna pause. That... I'm gonna pause this there just for one second. Yeah. Because this I have is uh, another <laughs> with honors callback. <laughs> the code. Um, 110.07. So the camera is inside the hotel room and we see Doug walking into the room with what appears to be a gorilla. Yes, it looks like a gorilla. Or a Bigfoot that he is carrying on his back. Yes, it looks like he's like literally carrying a dead chimp or something. It's It's Moira Kelly in an oversized fur coat. Now this is uh, Moira's second appearance on screen in a film with a Bigfoot. The first, of course, being Brendan Fraser with honors. Each year, there are hundreds of Bigfoot sightings across the country. Some people devote their lives to the pursuit of the creature. While there's no conclusive proof Bigfoot exists, when some new evidence pops up, you can bet we're going to check it out. Hickory, North Carolina, August 2019. Doug Teague is walking his dog, Crazy Daisy, in the woods near his home when he has an encounter worth recording. Looks like it's looking over top of that stuff. He's moving. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving. Daisy, come here. Daisy, come here. The object was very black with a pretty silver sheen to it. Doug, a Bigfoot enthusiast, says the creature resembled an eight-foot gorilla. What is it? What is it? What is it? Good question. The video is inconclusive. Let's get a closer look. It's not easy to see, but we can trace the outline of something sitting there through the trees. But Doug said the creature was doing much more before he started recording. I heard a couple knocks, just put it off as a woodpecker, didn't think much about it. And then a rock was through that rolled down the hill. On to the right, there was loud grunts, numerous loud grunts. Tales of large ape-like creatures lurking in the forest of western North Carolina are as common as the region's yellow poplars. Sighting reports there go back into the 1800s and before. In 1979, a Bigfoot-type creature known as Nobby was reported multiple times only 40 miles away from this particular location. And Doug says he has something else, video and casts of footprints he made at the time of the encounter. Casts are kind of my thing, so I was excited to get in deep with this. Cliff Barrigman, who runs the North American Bigfoot Center, compares Doug's print casts with another he considers credible. Look at this cast, look at this cast. We have the toes across the front, what looks like an instep or an arch, and then uh, one, two, three, four, five. You have a, um, a divergent little toe right here, which I really like. That comes down. I would, I think it's safe to say that's a very strong resemblance between the two. We all remember them <laughs> yes. running through the uh, snow to print out his thesis at Harvard's mm-hmm. uh, Whitener <laughs> Library. Yep. So, that gigantic yes. silhouette taking up two thirds of the screen. Yep. Yeah. But I knew it as soon as I saw it here. Uh, you know, so we have that final shot: Doug trying desperately to be a gentleman on the dance floor. Yeah, let's um, rewind that the, the little look back over the shoulder that Doug does. Yeah, so where he's so, kind of like so Moira's got her arms around him. She's desperately trying to get a kiss in so badly. Doug is doing everything possible to to resist her and not take advantage and be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. 
And and so we come back to the hotel here again. We're in the camera set up inside the hotel, and we get our first glimpse at this Bigfoot. We yeah, this Bigfoot, Bigfoot here. Like it literally, if you just saw a screen grab of it, you'd be like, "Oh, that's Bigfoot." <laughs> this is a Bigfoot <laughs> yes. at a hotel. And Doug I, brought a gorilla into his bedroom. <laughs> yeah, Doug hunted I, and killed a gorilla, and he is now bringing his his trophy home. At yes. no point have we seen Kate wear anything like this, which is why. No, I this to, is the first we have ever seen this coat. And I want to throw out a theory that I think that she stole this coat from the bar drunkenly. That she's like, because I grew up in Boston, and when you were yeah. drunk at the end of the night, you just grabbed whatever coat kind it of happens. looked like your Listen, coat. We've all and been then there. You show up home, and you're like so cozy in a coat, and then you look down, and you're like. <laughs> I don't think I even have a coat. I don't own a coat. (laughs) Whose coat is this? But you already have left the bar. And somebody's like, where the fuck is my mink coat? And it's on Kate. Uh, This really like gaudy. It looks very expensive. Very expensive. She definitely chose well when she grabbed that one from the coat room. Yeah. She's like, this is coming. Or from the corner underneath a table. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back in the hotel room, and oh god, um, this scene! All right, here we go. Here we go. We're doing this. Uh, yeah. so, uh, this is a very, very important scene. It's uh, very important. We'll paint with some broad strokes here, and then we'll dive into some specifics. But very broadly, Moira is trying to get physical with Doug. She, this yes. is the moment that she has decided she's going to try to have some sort of physical intimacy with Doug. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to call back to earlier was, uh, and, and, and spoiler alert, Doug sort of resists her, her advances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doug is trying to be a gentleman throughout the scene. And I do think part of why he was dressed like a father going to church at Mm -hmm. that bar Mm -hmm. was because he was trying to approach this evening in a gentlemanly way. Hmm. And they were just kind of on different wavelengths here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so that's a theory he, I want to posit. Just something I, I, I want to put out there. That's a good theory because he has seen Hale and the way Hale dresses. He's kind of dressed like Hale. Mm. He's like, dressed like Hale. I feel like he's trying that's to like true. Thomas Ripley his way into Hale's lifestyle. <laughs> just slowly but surely, he's like, "Mm, that gentleman wears a tie." Hmm. He makes yeah. trips to Boston. Hmm. Maybe I should start. And slowly but surely, he's starting to like try to be the man Kate wants. Yes. Like it's I, a that's little, a really good there's some like I don't know. There's some cognitive dissonance there though, because like, why would he then? You know, we're not ordering cocktails. We're not ordering right. sharing I mean, a bottle he's still of uh, drug, champagne. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I guess He's it's just the, the only it, 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 it's the only kind yeah. of alcohol he knows how to consume is just, you know, the, the salt <laughs> and tequila. Are you and, sure and you want to do this is yeah. what he said to her. Oh, this so you think that Kate, Kate proposed doing shots? Let's well, do tequila shots. She did say, yeah. I'll do whatever you're doing. She also said, though, I'll do whatever you're doing. Or I'll have whatever, what was her right. line? And I'll have whatever like you're He's like a having. man from Minnesota, from Mayhorn. So, mm-hmm. like, a fancy night out is tequila shots. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's like, true. It's like they'd be drinking Bud Light. They'd be drinking Bud he Light. He was and- trying to think, what would she like? She yes. would like a guy who's dressed like a banker. And mm. she is thinking, what would he like? He would like someone that throws back tequila wow. shots. Yes. And, and yeah. in a weird way, they, they're they, just yeah, sort of missing ships, each other. No, ships crossing in the night. And this is important because at this yeah. scene, you're right. Kate 
slumped down on the ground like an exhausted monkey. In Completely enveloped in her mink. <laughs> yeah, just totally in it. And she's like trying to make the night continue, which is another like, oh boy, here we go. She's like, you want to mm-hmm. dance? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And Kate starts to say something that's very important. She goes, oh, Doug, Douglas, you silly thing. <laughs> I don't think so. Aw, Doug. (laughs) Douglas, you silly thing. Please don't think. (laughs) That's what I like about the way I feel. I feel like even if I tried to think I couldn't, and I think too much, and I think so long, and it's so tiring. The world is spinning and spinning and spinning. (laughs) Please don't think. That's what I like about the way I feel. I feel Mm -hmm. like even if I tried to think, I couldn't, and I think too much. So... She's and I think so long, like, and it's so tiring. It's so tiring. So, so that is like some, yeah, that is some so, some drunk facts that she's yeah. that she's spitting right now. That's some id slipping out that she's yeah. basically saying that her the way she lives is exhausting. It's not fun. She wants to let loose for once in her life, and Doug is, uh, you know, rightfully so. Like he knows that she's wildly intoxicated, and that this is not a good scene <clears throat> that he doesn't want to take advantage of her. And Kate uh, in this sequence also immediately brings up a very on the nose <laughs> speech about opposite opposites attracting with literally a speech about magnets. <laughs> yeah. The goes, magnets thing was so a, on a the nose. It was metaphor. great. Do you play at magnets? You know, I used to have to push them around and, and they'd push away and you push them around that table. And all you really had to do was just flip them over and, and suddenly, Don't you see? That's why everything's been so awful. All we needed was a little flip. You know magnets, Doug? Like, it comes out of nowhere. You know magnets used to have to push them around, and they'd push away and push away and push them around the table, and all you really had to do was flip them over. And suddenly, and Doug... Foreplay. 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 Flip them. Just flip them. You know that Doug hears this and, like, in his pants, straight to the bone zone. But he knows in his mind... That he's like, I can't do this. Like, he, you know that Doug, who we've established at this point, is a voracious sexual beast that will sleep with absolutely anybody, mm-hmm. kiss anybody, make out with anybody. And in this moment, Doug has a flop sweat about him and he runs away. He freaks out and he runs away. Which I think yeah, is and great. where does he run to? He runs to the mirror, which is actually incredible because this is like this sudden moment where it's like a it's like a gut check moment for Doug um and it's almost like he has to like run to the mirror to have like a little like heart to heart with himself and like do a little soul searching like I I love that they use the mirror here because it's actually like it's just so like fitting and kind of symbolic where you know Kate is now just openly propositioning him uh <laughs> yes. pretty much and you know while he's sitting in front of the mirror he says incredibly unconvincingly Come on, Kate. It's not right. What about Hale? And that is when she tells him that her engagement with Hale is off. And now Hale Schmail. Yeah. So he and like when he hears that, he kind of freezes. Doug freezes, and he kind of like 
I don't know if he actually like glances at himself in the mirror, but he's standing in front of the mirror and he kind of like has like a little moment where he's just like, he's just standing there still like mulling, just thinking things over. Um, and now I don't, I don't know if, if, if you guys uh, have anything more to add, but I, I wanted to drop a, a theory of my own on you right now. I mean, this seems like a great time. Put that tinfoil hat on, my man. <laughs> Go for it. If Doug thought that Kate was still engaged to Hale, he 1,000% would have slept with Kate that night. <laughs> really? I think Is so. That... <laughs> I, I think, hands down, like 10 out of 10 times, I think that he, like... Because the whole thing is is again like this this game of you know coxmanship and and you know one upsmanship with Hale uh, and you know all the sexual power play and power moves that are going on back and forth throughout this film. So I kind of have a feeling. Well, I don't know. Now I, now I, you're making me I second guess you. myself a little bit. No, I hear you, but I would say also, arguably, he wouldn't. And the reason why is because Doug. This known sexual Lothario that can bag any woman on planet Earth. We've in any sequence, some woman throws themselves at Doug. Yes. But this is the first time that you can tell like Doug may have never actually loved anybody. And like we've established mm. from his relationship with like Walt, his brother, that the family dynamic, there was no real love there. <laughs> like True. this is the first time he's felt love and he doesn't know what to do with it. Like hmm. all Doug knows is how to ram, jam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am it. So mm. like the fact that he doesn't, uh, he, he can, he knows he likes her and he, he's so stupid about it. He's like, I got to go buy a tweed jacket. Like, <laughs> you know, mm. he like went to Sears and he's like, uh, tweed jacket, please. <laughs> They're like, oh dear, oh dear, this man's buying a tweed jacket for a date tonight. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think he would, but you know, uh, it's possible. The one-upsmanship with Hale certainly is there. Um, and Kate immediately flips on reverse psychology. She recognizes this tactic ain't working on Doug. So what does she do? She immediately starts negging him mm. uh, in which she says like get out she literally does what she does to hail that she's like maybe i'll just fight him into sex like yeah she's like get out and he's like what you got this all wrong and she goes do i ever excuse my surprise but really what a disappointment like mm. she knows what his yep. weakness is and that is being questioned as a sexual Apartment. Oh yeah, that is a yes. that is an open shot across across the oh, bow at his at his manhood calls, directly uh, at his penis basically. Yes. Yeah. What a disappointment. Excuse my surprise, but really, what a disappointment. What is that supposed to mean? Well, look at you. God's gift to reckless abandon revealed as nothing but a prudent wolf's clothing. God's gift to reckless abandon revealed to be nothing but a prude in wolf's clothing. Yeah. I mean, damn. Damn. Yeah. That is yeah. She's hurt. That is She's that hurt. Connecticut education coming out. <laughs> just primo private education. Just, and you know, Doug Doug didn't hear any of those words. He goes, what? A wolf? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like he doesn't know, but he he's like, you're a lousy drunk. And she goes, you're a lousy date. And he's like, it doesn't have to be like this. And she kicks him out. Get out. So, I said, get out. The second man out. that she has thrown out of her hotel room in as many days. Yes. yes. And, you know, I think we learn a lot from this whole sequence about uh, that Kate might be a klepto, that she steals me clothes because <laughs> she's too drunk. We've learned 
that Kate knows internally that she's a anxiety filled person who thinks too much and that her life is shit and she hates it. The world that she's trapped in, uh, that she just wants this opposites attract that she wants them to connect, but can't figure out how Doug is kind of in love for the first time. It doesn't know how to express it. I mean, this is a pivotal scene. It's pivotal. Yeah. It's so pivotal. I actually want to back up a little bit and, and read the first half of, of this little like kind of argument, this this uh, this quarrel that they have in the hotel room before she she drops that uh, what a disappointment line on him. Uh, Doug Doug starts out by saying, Kate, you're bombed. She says, what do you mean? And then he says, that means that it's time for you to go to bed. Again, acting like a father, uh, you know, in a in a uh, uh, after church. Come on, Kate. It's not right. What about hail? Oh, hail schmail. <laughs> We're through. Our engagement is off. Flip. Tonight, I like this. Not like what? Not like me? <laughs> Kate, you're bombed. What do you mean? <laughs> that means that it's time for you to go to bed. God, it's just what I need. Someone else telling me what to do. In case you missed it, I am throwing myself at you. I am tearing off my clothes, and you are giving me a rundown on drinking do's and don'ts. Kate, why don't you come? Listen, I get enough coaching on the ice. Get out. You got this all wrong. Do I ever. God, just what I need. Someone else telling me what to do. In case you've missed it, I am throwing myself at you. I am tearing off my clothes, and you are giving me a rundown on drinking do's and don'ts. And he tries to calm her down, and she says, Listen, I get enough coaching on the ice. So, like... In a way, like, I don't know, I, I, I watch the scene and I'm thinking to myself and my team Doug and my team Kate, like, honestly, I think it's just a really tight, like, really good bit of dialogue that of, like, so it's basically like, you know, the big blow up fight and in so many other, like, romantic comedies, um, there's like a dialogue crutch, you know, that, 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 that writers use where, you know, one party is either totally unreasonable or there's some, like, completely avoidable like misunderstanding you know like a like some vital vital piece of information that like one of them just for some like illogically like doesn't share with the other one that doesn't like clear up some something for some reason but they don't uh this this scene doesn't fall into any of those traps it's just two like pretty like reasonable arguments of kate being like god damn it all i want to do is have fun and just like you know like stop thinking stop being told what to do and here yeah. you are telling me what to do. And Doug yeah. is in his position being like, well, listen, like, I don't want to do it like this. I, and, you know, he's he's trying to, you know, keep that suit jacket on and, and do things the right way. And he doesn't want to hear that. And it's honestly like a pretty, like, credible and 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 just like very, very well written scene, I would say. Yes. Consistent it's... with our characters, you know. You understand both sides. You've been listening to... Switch. 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 Switch.